So welcome, and uh, yeah, Christmas is coming. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, isn't it? Um, uh, we had that little vote. I couldn't turn around and see how many people have, uh, have actually uh, already uh, got their Christmas trees sorted. I wasn't throwing that at Nikki. I was throwing it to Nikki. Um, but it's great, you know, uh, I, I don't know, more than 100 people in the building, many more I know watching online. Um, so yesterday we did our Christmas tree thing uh, in our house. It's a tradition. Nemi, my younger daughter, and I always go and get the tree. Um, and uh, so we went through the normal tree choosing game. The rules, the two rules of getting your tree are the first tree that you see and reject will be the one that you eventually buy. Yeah. So we turn up at the nursery, we see a tree, we look, that's brilliant. Look, let's go and have a look. There are thousands of trees. First tree you look at will be the one you want to buy. But the second rule of tree purchasing is that someone else will have spotted it as well. They will have done the same thing. As you came in, you'll have looked and you moved on. You look back to see the tree that you know you want to get. It's going to make Christmas perfect. Someone else is now holding on to it. They've got their son or daughter holding it, and kind of usually it's mum or dad standing back, going, oh, right there. And then, obviously, you pray. Lord, may they reject that tree as we have rejected it. Lord, bring that tree back to us. And then, and then the judgment, especially if you're the lead pastor of a church and others might be watching. We walked it, we met our church warden yesterday, one of our two church wardens, Liz, at the particular nursery we were at. How quickly do you go and grab the tree? when they dare to put it down. What is socially acceptable? They've looked at the tree, they, you know, daughter, son has just popped it down, they're walking away, they're having second thoughts. At this point, you've got to sidle in, and obviously if you're the lead pastor, you have to be nudging your daughter and say, get in there, get in there. And you all the whole time are smiling, in case it's someone from your church family who you haven't recognised behind the mask. And you get the tree. Ah, oh, the preparations for Christmas. Are you prepared spiritually for Christmas? I, I, a lot of us have prepared physically, trees, all sorts of things. Are you prepared spiritually? Today we're thinking about the theme of peace, the Advent theme of peace. And I wonder what you, when you think of, when you think of peace, do you think of this kind of image of, of inner peace? Is that what you think of when you want peace? Do you have a sense of inner peace, I wonder, this year, 2020? Or do you think of world peace? So you, you know, is that what comes to mind when we, when we sing about peace and joy, when we, when we reflect on this great theme of Advent and Christmas? Because peace is integral, isn't it, to, to the Christmas narrative, to the Christmas story. Um, if you're reading the Gospel of Luke, for example, back at the beginning of Luke, um, when Zechariah is, is met by an angel, he's going to be the, the father of John the Baptist. And this is a Sunday in Advent when, as well as the theme of peace, you might think about John the Baptist particularly. The angel says, don't be afraid. Mary is told by another angel, don't be afraid. But most importantly, the shepherds in the story are met again, aren't they, by the angels who tell them not to be afraid. And then they say these words, don't they? Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When Zechariah is, a little bit later in the story, able to express his thanksgiving and sing his song, he prophesies about John the Baptist 
that he will be the one who will, who will come to announce the coming king who will guide feet into the path of peace. And, and all the way through Advent, we have this, this double vision. We're looking at the, the little baby in the stable. We're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. We're getting ready to celebrate the birth, the incarnation of God in human form on earth into the mess of our world and our lives. But we're also called to have a cosmic vision. We're called to look up. We're called to look forward. We are a people who live in the in-between time. And that explains for us sometimes why things can be difficult and messy. We're in between the first coming of Jesus as a baby and the second coming of the Lord Jesus. The King is coming. The kingdom is now and not yet. God's right rule in, in people's lives, wherever that's true, the kingdom is near. But obviously we also see so many signs of the kingdom not yet. We're called to have a dual focus, to be bifocal, looking here and looking forward. Because the path of peace, the prophet Isaiah and we'll have his reading over uh, this reading from Isaiah 2 and, and verse 4 several times over, over the Christmas period. We're, we're called to look forward. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. I like the way the New Living Translation, which I'm using, puts it. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Jesus' incarnation brings a message of peace. The particular, the personal, the now... But also Jesus' incarnation heralds, heralds the kingdom coming, becoming. Dual vision, incarnation and return. The now and the not yet of the kingdom. The coming king and his becoming kingdom. Where God's right rule is exercised and lived out in personal lives. Friends, we have a most amazing gift to share. Maybe even if I can put it like this, to share in our own lives and in our own hearts, but certainly to share with friends and neighbours, to share with a world in need. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, it'll be a familiar passage, but it's, it's where I'm going to land today. I, I looked in other places, but this was the one the Lord kept on pulling me back to. Many of you will know these words. Here they are on the screen, screen for us. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Paul writes to the Philippian church. The context is there's a conflict in this church there are, there are people battling. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Put your focus, not on the conflict, but on the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Gentleness means wise, wise wisdom, wise knowledge, wise action. Be evident to all. The Lord is near. There's urgency in this. There's command in this. 
as well as entreaty and encouragement. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayers and petitions, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Isn't that an encouragement? Isn't that an encouragement which surpasses all human understanding, which does not depend on my understanding or yours, but is a gift from God, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is complete and comprehensive. Emotional peace. Peace with your Self, peace with yourself, peace with others, relational peace and spiritual peace, peace with God. That's the gift. That's the gift. And it's now. It's for us. It's for those we love. It's for this world right now. Just breathe. Just sense at home as much as in this building. Sense God's desire for us to receive the gift of perfect peace. If you look in your Bibles, you'll find... 790 or so verses about peace. That God is the source of peace. That it's a gift to be received. It's not a a thing of striving. It comes through Jesus Christ. It's made real in us. It's not a, it's not a, a feeling. It's not a, it's not a kind of attitude in a sense. It's not a something that, that has its source or its energy or its power within us. It comes through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. You feel it, don't you now? Even now. You feel God, the Holy Spirit, bringing peace. Emotional, relational, spiritual. Of course, some might challenge, some do challenge the notion that God is peace in his very nature. Here's a a 15th century icon that some of you may be familiar with by Andrei Rublev. Russian 15th century, one of the greatest pieces of art ever in in Russian culture. It's actually based on the story of the three angels visiting Abraham and Sarah in Genesis, if you know that story. But the consensus is this is an exploration of the nature of God, God the Trinity, God three persons in one. The three figures, the three Persons create a perfect circle with their physical bodies. The cup of sacrifice, we're going to share communion later for those who want to in this building. The cup of sacrifice and redemption, the cup of peace. 
is at the centre. It's blessed, it's shared, it's accepted in this sublime circle of unity and harmony and peace. Just look a moment. It is only an icon. It's only a representation. It's only a a pointing towards. No physical representation can accurately encompass who God is. But this picture calls us to the source of peace, God. Thanks, Jonathan. God is peace. He speaks creation into existence. He gives it order. He gives it pattern. And then on the Sabbath day, he rests, not because he's tired, but because it is good. It is complete. It is whole. The Hebrew word for peace, shalom, can be used for prosperity, well-being, success, harmony amongst friends. But literally it means completeness, wholeness. Judges 6.24, Gideon, leader of the people, says the Lord is our peace. The peace of God surpasses our understanding because it is from God. Do you know that worldly routes to peace, if you think about it, most worldly routes to peace are about avoidance. Most worldly routes to to peace are about removing yourself from conflict, creating gated communities, creating gated hearts. That's not God's way. God's peace surpasses our understanding because God is the source of peace. He makes peace. He reconciles. He brings harmony. Rejoice in the Lord, said Paul to this church of Philippi. There were these factions in the church. They were in conflict. And what he says is, look, rather than focus on the conflict, rejoice, focus on God. And alongside the gifts of love and joy and hope, which we celebrate at Advent, you will receive peace. You will find peace. The Lord is near. And so don't be anxious. There's no condemnation of proper concerns. Our God knows how we are wired. He knows those of us in our church family who who struggle with worry and anxiety. He's not exercising guilt here at all. There is grace. What he's saying is there is a pathway. There's a strength that does not rely upon ourselves. It's not about trying harder. It's about saying, yes, God, be my peace, be our peace. James 4, 8, come close to God and he will come close to you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. That's why throughout this term we've been focused on rule of life. We've been focused on our spiritual practices and our disciplines, not because the practices and the disciplines themselves are the thing, but they help us to draw close to God. It really doesn't matter what they are if they just help us draw 
close to God and he will come close to you. The icon picture was of the three persons of the Trinity. God is the source of peace. It is his nature. And of course, he sends Jesus, who is prophesied to be in Zechariah's, in Isaiah, to be the prince of peace. Someone, Addison Leach, has said, the problem is people want the peace without the prince of peace. By Jesus' life, by his death, by his resurrection, he removes the barriers of sin. He restores relationship with God and so brings us peace. Hebrews 13, 20, 21. Thank you, Jonathan. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus says to the disciples, John 14, 27, I am giving you the gift of peace, the kind of gift that only I can give. It isn't like the peace that this world gives. Through the inner work of the Spirit, the, the Spirit who in Scripture is symbolised by the dove, the symbol of peace, the Genesis story of Noah, the dove comes, God restoring peace on earth. In Jesus' baptism, we read that the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove, peace resting, peace filling him. Peace is then uh, part of the fruit of the Spirit, fruit singular, we all have all of the fruits. Peace. God's work from the inside out, not dependent on circumstances, not dependent on how strong we feel, not dependent on how others are or are not treating us, not dependent on anything but God's will, God's purposes. He is peace and he gives us the gift of peace. It surpasses our understanding. Praise God. What might rob us of this gift? What might stop us walking in peace? I've already tried to be real and I want to be so clear about the mix of emotional, relational and spiritual dynamics at work in every one of us. I want to be really clear about saying how we have to be a community where we can talk about our mental health, where we can reflect on the fact there's a spectrum of mental health, where all of us may experience challenges and difficulties and ways in which we need help with our mental health. I'm not for a moment wanting just to say, you know, if, if you struggle with anxiety or worry, then just, you know, somehow you've just got to shake that off and be a better Christian. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. 
We need to be a community that can bless each other, can access all of the help that we need when it comes to depression, anxiety, when worry is something that weighs us down in that, in that kind of way. But friends, there are some things to notice. I hope you'll hear me carefully on this. On the day when we think about John the Baptist and his call to repentance, we have to notice that sin robs us of peace. We are not a church that looks for the devil under every stone. We don't need to give him more airtime. But we recognise we're in a world of division and conflict. And we recognise that sinful behaviour robs us of peace because it creates a barrier between us and God. The wisdom, says Paul, the gentleness of heart is the wisdom in humility to return to God Because God does not want us to languish in guilt. He wants to set us free and experience peace. He's made a way. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been made right, justified in other translations, in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Peace is one of those concrete, concrete realities of knowing the forgiveness of God, of having come to him on our knees and said, Lord, forgive me for the things I have done and I have said and I have thought, as well as the things I haven't done, haven't said, haven't thought. Secondly, Paul speaks about everything. Go to the Lord with everything, he says. Are we going to the Lord with everything? If we're not going with everything, then this may rob us of our peace. Are we trying to handle conflict in in worldly ways? Are we being influenced by social media, by what we read, by a worldly way of thinking about conflict, which, as I've said, is so often to try and kind of distract and, and remove yourself from it, not engage with it. Are we disappointed? Are we angry with God in areas of our life? Friends, if it's not everything, then we can be robbed of the gift of peace. Are we being thankful? Rejoice in the Lord always. Offer your prayers and petitions with thanksgiving, wrote Paul, into this situation of conflict. A lack of thankfulness will rob us of the peace of God. It stops us drawing near to God in the first place. It takes away a correct perspective. And frankly, we know that money and material things can divert us to self-reliance. Some of us may need to only be able to start with very small things. But in the small things is the beginning of the pathway to peace. And finally, friends, are we sharing peace? It's the economy of the kingdom. The more that we give away, the more we experience and receive one of, the, one of the kind of memes you can find online is a picture of an animal saying, um, not my problem. Inner peace begins with three words. 
Not my problem. That's not a Christian way. That's not a Christian way. Matthew 5, God blesses those who are peacemakers, who work for peace. Friends, are you actively focused on others? That will bring you peace. Are you forgiving others as you have been forgiven yourselves? Lack of forgiveness is a barrier to receiving, knowing the fullness of God's peace. Hang on, Andrew, you don't know my situation. You don't know what that person did. Well, a commentator, Kerry Newhoff, says, In the Bible, God seems to specialise in making a way where there is no way. Let's be clear, biblical forgiveness, Christian forgiveness, is not trying to forget as if it didn't matter and hasn't, hasn't had the power that it's had. It's not excusing wrongs, but it's choosing to give people and situations to God. It's choosing not to let it have power over you, actually. To give the person the situation to God Please forgive me in the shorthand of a single talk, but is a lack of forgiveness robbing you of peace? Those are just a few things that I felt the Lord asked me to ask this morning. God's will is for us to experience his peace. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. World peace starts with us. If you're able to in the building, would you like to stand at home? You might like to just hold out a hand just to receive whatever God wants to give us as we come into land in our time together in person online. I was fascinated that earlier, well not fascinated, I was just encouraged that someone earlier had a word about heavyweights because my final verse to show you is this one prepared a few days ago. I think the Lord might be speaking, don't you? Matthew 11, 28, 29. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls.